three, two, one, go. Morning, everybody. Here's today's bottom line before we get into the main meat of it all. Masters are made through yielding to our temptations, and the more we yield, the stronger they become. But there is a way to be freed of this, and that is to restore God's position as master over our lives in all areas of it. And freedom from sin doesn't have to be limited to the individual, but it can expand throughout the nation as it returns to the position of submission to God. So, for those of you who aren't pressed for time, here is the longer version. So, here's something that you most likely will not be surprised to learn about me. I'd like, I'd like to read the daily devotional, My Utmost First Highest, by Oswald Chambers. Not that I necessarily read it every day or all the time, but it is one of my pre-programmed pages on my browser on Startup. In the case for today's broadcast, I was reading on March 14th when Oswald Chambers' thoughts about the masters we have in our lives and where they come from was the focus. So according to Chambers, it's like as mentioned in the bottom line. It is the simple act of yielding to something or someone which makes us a slave to it. And that's very true. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to break a habit? I point to myself and say that stories, regardless of format and method of delivery, are one of my masters in life. I am subscribed to many story sites online and have found myself often refreshing my email app in hopes I'll find the message that says a new chapter has been posted. I also work on stories in my head when I'm doing a mundane task at work that is easily seen as boring. But what, am I trying to say? but what I am trying to say to you all today with these examples, but sorry, I got excited and read a little too fast. Let me try over. But what am I trying, am I trying to say today with all these examples? Was my point in pointing at myself and telling you these things? It's that this is the story of the whole Bible. Right now, this post is going to be going live on none other than Passover Thursday, and this weekend is Resurrection Sunday. All throughout the Bible, the terms master and servant, which can also be translated to mean slave, are used to describe us. From the spiritual perspective, humans are only free in one aspect, our ability to choose who we serve with our lives, and the eternity we will receive at the end of this time on earth however short that time may be. I said short because that is what our lives are. Our lives on this earth are but a vapor, a morning mist that soon disappears. God understands this. That is why he sent his son to die, as the one who takes our place, to come in the likeness of sinful flesh, that through him all flesh might be condemned and put to death. As Paul says in Romans 6, 8, through 10, we are to die to Christ, putting our flesh to death, so that we might come alive in the spirit that he gives. He says this, Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was from, raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, 
He lives to God. And this brings us to the point of what and who has mastery over us. When we yield to temptation, it has mastery over us. I didn't say sin, but rather temptation. Paul explains that sin brings forth many temptations, but that we have a choice between yielding and accepting that way, and accepting the way out that God has provided. See 1 Corinthians 10.13 for the full verse about temptation and God's faithfulness to it. And God's faithfulness to us. Now, as I was typing this part out, part of me was certain that I had done posts about the subject on my old blog before I started Isaiah YT Ministries. But I can't remember why I named that one. I don't exactly have the time to go and look through the many articles to find and post a link to it. Sorry, folks. I really am. When we yield to temptation, it establishes a pre-existing precedent in our behaviors. Is part of the reason why they would, why, ah, sorry, ah, now I'm understanding what I'm reading. It's part of the reason why they would fast food in the old days to show God that food wasn't their master, but that God was. For a moment, I thought they were reading, they would fast food. I was confused, saying, wait, fast food? Where'd that come from? Okay, someone's bound to be laughing at my little goofs. I'm certain this is humorous to someone listening to this. I never intend for these to be joking or humorous. If you can laugh at my own mistakes and step-ins, I'll leave them here for your purposes. For you who need to laugh today, you are most heartily welcome. And I enjoy this. I can feel myself smiling at myself. So, as you're saying, they would fast food in the old days to show God that food wasn't their master. Or that he was. The Roman Catholic Church, despite its flaws, has created a few good customs, one of them being Lent, which is a fast until we celebrate Passover by extension the resurrection of our Lord. As time has gone on, we have come to understanding that we have come to an understanding that fasting is more of a spiritual focused action rather than a physical one. John Bevere, in one of his courses from the Messenger X platform, says something along the lines of a fast without a spiritual focus is just a diet. Now, the drawing closer to Christ has to be the sole purpose of fasting. Just to be clear, I am not talking about intermittent fasting, which is done for a different reason. Supposedly, there are some health benefits to it, but I don't have all the details about it, and this is not today's subject. This is not a health podcast. I don't give health advice. That's not my focus. I just talk about scripture and some situations in the real world, social commentary, but this is not a health podcast. Sorry, I don't know of any good health podcasts. I can't help you there. They're probably out there, but we're getting too far away from our main point. The focus of the fast has to be drawing close to Christ. When we fast in church or as Christians, our main goal is to draw closer to God, and we're not supposed to be seen by others as more spiritual than them. Also, Chambers, when addressing the subject, quotes John 8.36, which states, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed, as a way of reminding us that discovering we have a master is not the end of the road for us. 
Christ will make us free when we come to him willing to let Jesus become our new master. While we are made free from sin, sorry, I had to drink my uh, water glass. If that ruins your audio or something like that, sorry, very sorry. But discovering that we have a new master or discovering that we are enslaved to sin is not the end of the road. Christ will make us free when we come to him and are willing to let Jesus become our new master. While we are made free from sin, we are thankfully not left high and dry. God has given us his spirit and his charis. Charis is the Greek word translated as grace in the New Testament, and it means unmerited favor that results in us having the unmerited strength to continue onwards with power and obedience to God's guidance through Holy Spirit, who is the most underacknowledged member of the Trinity. We are not alone and not without power. We have just simply forgotten that we are offered it. It's like forgetting to grab your sword as you leave the armory. Not only that, it's as if we ignore the armory officer saying to us and to others, Wait up, hey, you forgot his sword. After him, you forgot his sword. And one example of this comes from Dr. Joseph Boot from the Ezra Institute. As he was talking to John Cooper in one of his episodes of the podcast, he was saying that the downside of boiling things down is that we miss a lot of in-depth elements of a subject. In that interview, they brought up the fact that this is what's happened to a lot of the church as we have focused on getting people to understand the Bible and make a decision to follow Christ, but we have forgotten to dig deeper into it together. Some churches are part of the course correction and have made that the primary focus for their small groups, and that is good. But if we are to be a church that regains the influence we once had at the times of the Great Awakening, then we need to know the deeper elements of theology. Not just know it, but understand it to the fullest possible extent for us, so that we can teach, so that when we teach, we do not lose the intricacies as we communicate it to those outside the church. Many things change the nation when people with dedication to the one master, to the one master, Jesus, work to teach people the deeper things of salvation. But one example that I think will shock some folks is this. There were towns where the brothels were shut down due to a lack of demand. If you want a modern comparison, that would be as if millions of people quit going after internet pornography all at once and didn't go back to it at all. Or if the red light district in your average major city shut down because people realized that these things were ungodly and unholy. This is a small example of what can happen when people take to heart the words of scripture to make God their master, choosing to yield to him instead of their own selfish and fleshly desires. One quick follow-up about sex before I move on. Some might misunderstand and think that I'm saying that sex is bad. It is not a bad thing. But when it's not within the confines of a married man and woman, it becomes sinful. Red light districts exist because our society has rejected God's plan for sex, namely bringing forth children and drawing husbands and wives closer together. It causes dehumanization, human trafficking, depression, murder through the abortion, murder through abortion of the child conceived in wedlock, 
and sometimes even the woman who has suffered some extreme physical abuse, suicide as the women feel like they found no value that is intrinsic to them being a human, substance abuse, and other things they don't know of, or we've rejected God's plan and God's position as the maker over this part of our society. Child abuse and trauma through exposure to sexual material at too early age, which has a correlation to lead to homosexuality as a coping mechanism for the trauma, are additional ways in which damage continues in society from giving the position of master over the sin. But, I repeat the words of Isaiah today. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because the, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has chosen me to bring good news to poor people. He has sent me to heal those with a sad heart. He has sent me to tell those who are being held in prison that they can go free. Isaiah 61, 1, and I, I also speak the words of Elihu as he spoke to Job concerning the sufferings he had undergone and the purpose behind them. How people shall respond to their deliverance by God when their hearts are turned to righteousness after it is revealed to them the life they once lived. And they will go to others and say, I have sinned. I have perverted what is right, for I did not get what I deserved. God has delivered me from going down to the pit, and I shall live to enjoy the light of life. Job 33, 27-28 The sins which hold our nation captive will not remain in charge should we choose to exercise and re Sorry, I got a little excited and was busy with uh, some quick edits. Sorry. I, yeah, I'm breaking momentum, as I was saying. The sins which hold our nation captive will not remain in charge should we choose to exercise them and replace them with the spirit of the living God. For if we do not give dominion over to God, then we will fulfill the words of Christ when he spoke about the demons, saying that they have a tendency to return. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, will go through arid places, seeking rest, and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, but clean and put into order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That's how it will be with this wicked generation. Matthew 6, 43-45 it is never enough to turn simply away from something, for we are left aimless in doing so. But to turn towards something else, but towards we are given a but when we turn towards something else, we are given a direction and a purpose to work towards. We must not confirm conform to political correctness, nor affirm sinful lifestyles and lie, saying that they are not in disobedience to God or yield in any way to the pressure of the, from the prince of darkness who ruled over the earth. The devil is the prince, but he has lost authority, for it belongs to Christ the King of Heaven. Satan only rules because of the people who have yielded either to sin or the pressure to not stand against them. If any of us have yielded, we must return to the Father and receive deliverance through his Son, and resume our life of obedience to Christ. I leave you today with the words of Paul. Until next time, courage and Godspeed. Romans 6.16 Do you not know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one who you obey, 
for the your saves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness.